Hey, this is Steve Thompson. Or you can call me Tomps to differentiate me from all of the other Steves around here. So whatever makes you feel better, feel free to call me that within reason. But today I get to read to you John chapter 1, verses 6 through 18. But before I jump right into the reading, I would like to just take a moment to pray. If for no other reason than for me, it reminds me that I'm engaging in a dialogue with God in this moment as I'm reading. So, Holy Spirit, would you please bring to life any of the words or concepts or thoughts in this passage that we're about to read and have something jump off the pages and grab a hold of our hearts. We want to see where you're leading us and speaking to us now through this passage that you've used to speak to countless others across centuries around the world. And yet, please speak to us individually here and now. Give us ears to hear. Amen. All right, John chapter 1, verses 6 through 18. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one glorious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. The first thoughts that I had about this passage were a recognition that this book is written primarily to inspire belief, belief in Jesus. John says it blatantly toward the end of the book, chapter 20, but it oozes out of everything that's included in this account of Jesus's life. He wants whoever reads this book to come to a life-changing encounter with the living Jesus and Messiah who wants to change our lives. So he starts right off by quoting a credible eyewitness testimony who everyone knows and respects. 
You'll hear more you'll hear more about John the Baptist tomorrow, so I won't go into much about him here, but I will say this much. John the Baptist was such a revered figure that the writer of this book felt the need to state and restate that John himself wasn't the light, the Messiah. Jesus alone is that pinnacle, that focus, that epicenter. And John the Baptist couldn't stop pointing to him. Yet remarkably, the creator of the universe came to walk in our shoes and navigate life like any human would, and nearly everyone missed out on what was happening. And they still do. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people who just haven't really been exposed to this Jesus somehow in their lives, but I think there are also many who have heard about Jesus, they've they've heard about him in some context, but I think he's just too inconvenient. I mean, if the creator of the universe steps into my world, then it's going to upend everything that I've got going and everything I'm trying to do. So maybe it's just better to keep him at arm's length with intellectual or scholarly reasons that give me just enough of an excuse not to have to deal with him right now. But if I'm honest, I can get into that mode just as easily. The way a watermark friend of mine put it the other day was that We can just get into the flow, knowing that we're covered in grace and the Holy Spirit is with us, and then we just assume so much and completely forget to check in with our Father God. We forget to momentarily pause and look for Jesus. What are you doing right now? What do you need me to see or know? Are we still walking together in this, or did I just take off down my own path? I suppose it's good to be aware of that. It's good to have that recognition that we can just go running down our own path and be merely oblivious to the creator of the universe so close by, wanting our attention. It's kind of a fault of humanity. But I don't want to beat myself or you up too much in this moment with that recognition. I I wanted to bring it to our attention, but because just the fact that you're listening to this, then we're both trying to tune in right now to his still, small voice. Here's one of the many cool things about these devotional podcasts. You'll, you're going to be exposed to a wide variety of voices and thoughts in this book uh, in the coming months. Some are going to resonate with you, and some won't. Some will come from a more contemplative devotional approach, Others may come from a more studious and scholarly scholarly approach. Some will tell stories. Others will wrestle with big ideas. And God will be speaking through all of them. You may resonate with some more than others, and when you maybe aren't feeling it, know that God is probably speaking more directly to someone else in that moment, but also know he's still wanting to show you something too. I say that to set up two things that I have in mind. One is a theological idea that uh, I was kind of wrestling with in my own mind, and the other is an exercise that I thought maybe we could try doing um, after I'm done talking. So the first, uh, the theological idea. 
uh, I'm going to quote again the, the passage here. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. That's verse 18. Jesus is the fullest expression of our Heavenly Father that we have. Everything that came before him was a good start, but incomplete, fuzzy at best, while all pointing to Jesus. But for me, where this becomes such a helpful compass in a maze of trees is when I run up against difficult passages in the Bible, and usually they're in, in, in the Old Testament, but I know there are tremendous resources, books, commentaries that can help us navigate through these difficult passages as well. But this verse helps me know that just by looking at Jesus, his life, his words, his ways is our fullest expression, image, and understanding of who God is to date. And what that means is that I can trust my Father God when it comes to difficult passages that I can't understand. I can trust my Father God when it comes to difficult things in my life that I don't understand. Like, where is he right now? I don't sense his presence. Why hasn't he showed up and answered my prayers or the prayers on behalf of people who are around me that I love and are suffering? Jesus is the grid through which we interpret the world and through which we understand God's heart for it and for us. And so I think that's an amazing view of our Father God's heart is Jesus. And it helps filter every other experience that we have. And then here's the exercise that I thought I'd throw it out, throw out to you. And this will be based, based on verse 16, two verses up from what we just read. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. The message translation says that same verse like this. We all live off his generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. And then I want to throw in the amplified version too, uh, just for the sake of it. For out of his fullness the superabundance of his grace and truth. We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. I feel like just saying it in all those many ways helps bring the reality home. We are blessed. We are swimming in grace. What are those blessings and gifts that God has abundantly poured out into your life? They might be very practical things that you're thankful for. It might be the often heard yet always heartfelt uh, gratitude for family uh, or other close relationships. It might be spiritual things that you're thankful for. These blessings might be trivial things. Whatever. I feel like maybe God wanted me and possibly all of us to focus on this abundance of blessings that he has poured out into our lives because of Jesus. So before I let you go and do that in peace, uh, kind of take your gratitude inventory, whether you need to write that down or if you're drawing, 
driving rather. I don't know, you could be drawing something too, I guess. If you're driving, just say it out loud. Don't start writing. Dictate it to Siri. Uh, I just want to say this. Jesus, open our eyes to your presence in our lives. Don't let us get so caught up in our routine, so focused on escaping our pain, so in a hurry to get somewhere else that we miss that you're right here with us. May we live this day in constant awareness that you've moved into our neighborhood, you've taken up residence residence within us, and you're wanting to point out to us where you're calling us to, to do what you would normally do, but in our context and routine. Thank you so much. Amen. All right. Grace and peace. Have a good one.